Hello and welcome to With This Book We Can. I'm Kerry Gittins. And I'm Lynette Barker. We are teacher librarians passionate about literature and how to bring stories to life in the classroom. Before we begin, we'd like to acknowledge the First Peoples of Australia as the first storytellers. Your stories and experiences are the heart of this country. In particular, we acknowledge the Awabakal people, the traditional owners of the land on which we are recording today. And today, Kerry? We have a very special book uh, by one of my favourite author illustrators. It's called A Quiet Girl by Peter Carnivus. It was published in 2019 by the University of Queensland Press. And I'll just read the blurb on the back. It says, Mary is a quiet girl. Her family makes so much noise they hardly notice her or anything else until Mary, in her own gentle way, shows them what they've been missing. This rapidly became one of my favourite stories because not only, as I said before, is he one of my favourite author illustrators, but it's the content in the story and the context of the story that really gets you in. And it's about the quiet little girl, Mary, who really gets lost in all of the noise that's happening around her. So some might call her an introvert, but it doesn't necessarily mean that she's not going to be part of things and communicate. It's just that she felt in the story that she wanted to be a little bit quieter and really listen to what was happening around her. And so bit by bit, she gradually withdrew from her family and went outside and just decided to really listen to what was happening around her. So it was all about communication and the noise and the distraction that she wanted to be out of. And sometimes you're right, we say introvert, like you're quiet so you're not contributing, you're not paying attention, you're not involved in what's happening. Yet the reality is a child can be sitting there very quietly, totally involved in what's around them, but just taking it in at a different level. And we need to appreciate and value that. And we were talking earlier about the technology that's happening these days and how there's so much noise and so much distraction around us that we don't really take the time to stop and smell the roses as they say. And so it means that the children are being bombarded and there is so much, even though it might not be loud noises, it might be something quiet, but there's so many things that are happening around them. And so they don't actually sit and feel that they are present in the moment and take account of what's happening right then and there. I agree. And when we looked at this book and how we could use it in the classroom, there are two ways to look at it. There's the family too distracted to listen to Mary, you could really take that vein and step into perhaps the hissy stage one unit of work where they look at how technology has impacted life and how it's changed our life. And definitely that being present is one example of that. So that's one way you could look at it. The other way you could look at this book is saying, what's Mary's experience and what is she seeing because she's present? And straight away, um, what came to mind was an activity, a project zero thinking routine I do with the younger children called Memory Draw, where they have an image and they have to walk over, look at the image, walk back to a piece of paper and using what they've seen, actually try to recreate it. And we talk about being observers and careful observation and how that makes you a better scientist and you you learn more about your world So you could even take that on that they go outside and look, what do they see and come back? Or could they express what they hear? How would you do that if you were drawing? Can you draw what you hear? If you look at Mary and her experience, it's a a slightly different take to the family. Yes, that's right. And I think one of the things I love about music and especially classical music is the fact that if you really listen to that music, it has no words. So it's communicating 
with you totally through how you interpret those sounds. If you really listen to the music, it will evoke the imagery of water or waves or birds flying without you having to see it or without it having to be written down. And I think when you listen to music like that, it really takes you to another level. And there's a particular piece that I did when I was in the conservatorium way back in the dinosaur days called John Cage's Four Minutes and 33 Seconds. And you can do this without an actual piano. It's written as a piano piece. But what you basically do is you sit down, you lift up the piano lid and you sit there and you look at your watch or look at the clock because it's in three movements. But when the first movement's finished, you haven't said anything, you haven't played anything, you close the lid you get up, you sit down again at the piano stool and then you open the lid and that's how well, that's how they got us to listen, to really listen to what was around us. And it's called a piece of chance music because it's never the same twice. And I think that's the kind of experience if you really sit and be present and you're listening to the wind or listening to the birds or whatever the water that's, that's babbling away, it's never the same twice. And I think you could also then look at how our Indigenous community experience the world around them, the respect they pay country mm. by sitting and being present there. Mm. So I guess the where you take this book will depend on the purpose of the lesson. The other book I would love to connect to this, and as soon as we looked at The Quiet Girl, what came to mind was The Last Peach by Gus Gordon. And I was at a Project Zero day in Sydney and I just cannot remember the lady's name, but so I'm going to just credit Australian Project Zero group. And she talked about The Last Peach, how in it each character's voice is written in a different colour and she had the children create their own story and each time one of the children had to speak in the story, they wrote their sentence in a different colour, but they weren't allowed to talk to one another as they wrote. It's all about being quiet, observing what was happening on the page, internalising that and then adding your piece of the story to it. And then we looked at one of the double-page spreads, thought we could use a creative thinking routine called Creative Question Start. So the page, the double-page spread is actually of Mary outside and her family outside, but they're all doing something really noisy. And Mary's just turned around looking at them, and the words are, now that Mary was very quiet, her family hardly noticed her at all. So we thought if we used this with stage one, the creative question starts are, why? What if? What's the purpose of? How would it be different if? Suppose that. What if we knew? What would change if? What would change if Mary was allowed to? Yes. Would we have had that look at the world around her? Probably not. And what if we used the question start of how would it be different if the whole family was quiet, not just Mary? How would that affect the story? And how would that affect Mary's interactions and the family's interactions with each other? I think it's bringing us back to finding a time to be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. It was a tricky book to talk about because we kept shooting off in different directions. So we sort of scrambled to pull it together. But I think if you read it, think of your own class, you'll find a way to bring it to life that suits your school context. Mm-hmm.